0: is Bloomberg Surveillance. I don't want to be complacent. There are things the world should be worrying about, but it's just not as
1: bad a world as some people are saying. For what most families care about, it's not GDP growth or the size of the economy as a whole. It's how they're doing. Real capital investment is way below average. Why? Because business people are very uncertain about the future.
2: Bloomberg Surveillance. Your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio.
0: Good morning, I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street, 7 a.m. in Washington, D.C., where we find ourselves this morning watching the wailing and gnashing of teeth among Republicans the day after Super Tuesday. Tom, a big night for Donald Trump and Ted Cruz as Chris Kaliza of the Washington Post says, the man the party fears and the man the party loathes.
1: I, I was transfixed by all the different political coverage, including Bloomberg politics last evening between about 730 And really into the 11 o'clock hour, I can honestly say, Mike, I've never seen it before.
0: Big night for Hillary Clinton as well. We'll talk a lot about politics today. Al Hunt, Jared Bernstein, Libby Cantrell from PIMCO, and Lonnie Chin from the Rubio campaign will be joining us. As for the markets this morning, one step forward, one step back. Not the primary campaign. It's the markets these days. Uh, this morning, Asia and Europe are higher, the U.S. and U.K. lower. Shanghai finishing up 4.3%, Tokyo 4%, that carried over into the European markets, but the U.K. and U.S. not so much. Uh, right now, the stock 600 is up by a point, a quarter of a percentage point, and the DAX by 38 points, four tenths. But the FTSE is down 20 points right now, three tenths of a percent. And in the U.S., there hasn't been much movement in futures all morning. S&P futures down about five points, about two tenths of a percent. Dow E-mini's off by two tenths as well. That's thirty-five points on that index today, and the Nasdaq 100 E-mini's five points lower, just over a tenth of a percent. Now the bond market is lower today. Strong economic data, well, stronger economic data yesterday, and a big day in the economy ahead with the ADP numbers coming out at 8:15 Wall Street time. Ten-year note yield, one point eight four percent. The five-year, one point three three, and the two-year is up to 85 basis points yeah. this morning. So that is something we're going to keep an in, eye on. In, eye in a in jobs day
1: on Friday. We we're, forget. Today we're, super starting, Friday. The we're
0: starting the We're starting the long slide into jobs day. the in super
1: Friday. Super we'll Friday. Start to call it. Super Friday. We'll
0: see how many delegates were hired in the U.S. this past month.
1: Absolutely. Bloomberg surveillance from Washington this morning. Good morning to 99.1 FM in Washington in Baltimore. Uh, we're brought to you by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Brian Melsky is the chief investment
0: strategist at BMO Capital, and he is joining us from our New York studios. He He went there when he heard we were coming here. Uh, you were telling Tom earlier, Brian, this is the largest stealth bull market of our collective careers, but is it still that? Uh, how would you characterize where we are after the big sell-off and clawing back somewhat? I would exactly call it clawing back it, it, we think that clearly
3: uh it was a tough January you know January itself kind of felt like a whole year and, uh, most of my clients around the world are pretty tired and pretty stressed out after what happened in January, so we had a nice little snap back and now everybody seems to be uh, be believing uh that emerging markets are coming back and commodities are coming back and so I think that's why. You've seen a bit of a re-rating of equities from a, from the stealth commentary. You know, people still don't believe it because we're still kind of in the bunker. That we're playing the rope-a-dope strategy with respect to equities. We're just kind of waiting to take a punch uh, from a longer-term perspective. And until we get some clarity with respect to GDP growth and earnings growth, and and from a from a at least near-term perspective, what's going to happen politically here in America, it's going to take some time to build credibility again for this whole notion of investing. So 2016 is your reset year within our 20-year bull market thesis, which we've been talking about uh, since to late 2008, to early 2009. And, uh, you know, we think equities from a longer term perspective are still the place to be, but we're going to see some volatility heading into the summer and into the fall.
0: So one step forward and two steps back, how it looks like.
3: Yeah, I think so. But the other thing, you gotta be careful with some of that because it's pretty consensus now that you, you read all the, the blogs and the Twitter machines and things like that in terms of this is the biggest, biggest sell the rally market that we've seen. Remember, the majority of institutional investors have not been around, uh, post or pre, pre 2000. So they really don't know what a quote unquote real cycle is. A real cycle is earnings yeah. go up. Uh, the economy goes up, interest rates go up, uh, and so we haven't seen that in a while. Nobody believes that stocks can go up if the dollar and interest rates go up because, again, we haven't seen any investors that are around in the 80s and 90s, so we think we're involved with right. an investor base that lack perspective.
1: Unfortunately, Brian, there's proof that Michael McKee and I went to the Washington Capitals-Pittsburgh Penguins game uh, last night. Maybe the most extraordinary uh, set of talent I've ever seen on the ice. How do you construct a portfolio around your strategy like the Washington Capitals? How do you do that?
3: You find good athletes. You you find good stocks and you stick with them. And that's really the era of active investing. And I know a lot of my competitors and compatriots have talked about this, but let me try to explain it. If you're a portfolio manager, you want to own less names. You want to own 35 to 40 names in a concentrated portfolio. You want to be overweight at 4% and a core position at two and a half, three percent 3%. And you want to initiate position at 1% with respect to stocks. And as the market rallies, you peel off a little bit and the, and the market rolls over. You want to buy a little bit more. And that's what, you, that's what you should be doing in stocks like Apple and Comcast and 20th Century Fox and, and Costco and these names that continue to be, we believe, core positions from a longer-term perspective.
1: And, Mike, I I thought that was brilliant what you just heard from Mr. Belsky. I would also suggest, Mike, that within the mathiness of it, to be diversified across sectors within that portfolio uh, discussion is far more important than worrying about individual stock diversification. It's critical what groups you're in is you construct 35 to 40 stocks.
0: So you don't worry about having Alexander Ovechkin. you got to have three or four good lines.
1: He's no good without those guys. <laughs> yeah. that T.J. Oshi. good morning, St. Louis, Sirius XM, Channel 119. Without T.J. Oshi, your portfolio doesn't go up.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not going to mention the Canadians, Brian. We, we won't make you feel bad this morning. <laughs> Instead, let's ask about uh, the political world. When yeah. does Wall Street take account? of the outlook for the election. On surveillance this morning, we were outlining some of the candidates' economic plans. you got Hillary Clinton who wants to take on the financial sector, uh, extend regulation there. Uh, you've got Donald Trump who wants to spend more money than the U.S. has, according to the calculations of his portfolio. Wait, do people take this seriously?
3: Well, tell me something I already don't know, right? I mean, the, the issue with respect to financials has been a bull market in compliance since 2001. Many people think that this whole compliance compliance situation and, and regulation really started in 2008, 2009, post the crisis. No, this has been going on since, since 2000, 2001, post the tech bubble. And so picking on financials, I think, is a, is a headline type of thing because people still have a general distrust for financials. We've been on record by saying we think it's a generational opportunity to buy big financials here in America and, and Canada because we think they're exquisitely well run. They've undergone massive structural change since 2007, 2008, and we think they're appropriately positioned to take on more of a wealth management-type feel and a big asset-type bundling feel, especially considering that the economy is improving. Interest rates are going to go up. And as we start to see yields put pressure with respect to performance and principle on bonds, something that that Tom talks about a lot, we are going to finally see this great rotation that nobody's talking about again because it clearly hasn't happened.
0: I must uh, do a quick uh, shameless plug here. Tom, for John Micklethwaite in his marvelous interview with Jamie Dimon, which is out on the Bloomberg uh, today, you can uh, yeah. you can read that at length. Jamie Dimon at length on his business model and his business plan. Yeah, and on
1: the strategy that Mister Dimon has forward as he uh, tries to set up, I guess reset up Fortress Diamond from where it was seven or eight uh, years ago. Uh, Brian Belsky, we hear from so many guests that they are wedded to quote unquote blue chips. Do you find the same, or are you wedded to mid? Uh, caps and small caps. I would
3: tell you this, Tom, that if you're looking at small, medium, large, uh, companies, we would rank large number one, small number two, and mid number three, principally because valuation perspective, uh, in the earning growth side of the mid-cap, uh, world is, is a bit, uh, worrisome. Large cap stocks, we think, again, on the, for the record, we think we're heading into an 80s and 90s type environment, uh, where it's a Warren Buffett slash Peter Lynch, uh, type world where you buy good companies and you stick with them. And again, per my prior comment, you buy more on pullbacks and you trim on on right. on on rallies. But there, I believe that this is going to be an interesting uh, period for small cap managers, as small caps in general underperform. But this is where you, as a small cap manager, is actually easier for you to outperform if the if the yeah. asset class is
1: declining. Brian Gabelski, thank you so much with BMO Capital Markets on the equity markets and his important research note of an unloved uh, bull market. It was not unloved politics last night, Mike. I've never seen anything uh, uh, like it. What was your observation as you and I gazed 9, 10, and 11 o'clock at at what we saw?
0: Well, uh, it seems to be moving more quickly than party professionals thought. Bernie Sanders not putting up as much of a fight. When you start counting delegates, Hillary Clinton with a big commanding lead. And Donald Trump right now, at least... Has the momentum? It's going to be hard for the him to be stopped, but he still can be.
1: Yeah, the nuances here between Mr. Cruz and Mr. Rubio, and moving out to Michigan in one week, and uh, got a number of guests this morning making clear Florida is more important. But it'll be interesting to see where we are. In well, on the fifteenth, you
0: get to the winner-take-all primaries like Florida, and that yeah. will really matter.
1: Yeah, well, Michael McKean, Tom Keeney in Washington uh, futures at negative six, Dow futures negative forty-three. The yield one point eight four percent.
2: Now let's bring in Michael Barr. He has the latest world and national headlines, Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Republican Donald Trump and Democrat Hillary Clinton had big nights after Super Tuesday. Trump and Clinton each won seven states. Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio are not giving up in their fight for the Republican presidential nomination. Cruz won his home state of Texas as well as Oklahoma and Alaska. Marco Rubio notched his first victory in Minnesota. Democrat Bernie Sanders is indicating that he is in it for the long haul. Sanders picked up victories in his home state of Vermont, as well as Oklahoma, Minnesota, and Colorado. Authorities say a freight train with hazardous liquids has derailed in southwestern New York State. Governor Andrew Cuomo says the train was traveling on the Norfolk Southern Line through Ripley when about 15 cars derailed last night, three of the cars carrying at least ethanol are leaking. About 45 homes have been evacuated. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom?
1: Uh, Michael Barr, thank you so much. Coming up, E.J. Dion of the Washington Post on the perspective of Super Wednesday. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.
0: Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by NYCB. Ask about their My Community Interest checking with free NYCB online and mobile banking. Earn more, get more. Visit nycbfamily.com for details.